we need to stop talking about shoulda, coulda, woulda, because shoulda, coulda, woulda never happened. This happened. I want to move forward. Hey everyone, I'm Morgan, co-founder of Primal Kitchen and host of the Primal Kitchen podcast. Today, I'm honored to be chatting with former Olympian Amy Van Dyken Ruin, who, fun fact, is also my sister-in-law's sister, so we're pretty much related. Um, Amy made history as a six-time Olympic gold medal champion swimmer and became the first American athlete to win four gold medals in a single Olympic Games. After a devastating ATV accident in 2014, she became paralyzed from the waist down and thought her athletic career was over. Overcoming all odds and defying her doctor's expectations, Amy found a new athletic outlet, Adaptive CrossFit, and soon became the fittest sitting woman in the world. She's always been on the cutting edge of diet, performance, and pain management, and I'm super excited for you guys to meet Amy today. Before we hear Amy's story, a brief reminder that any and all opinions and views shared by hosts and guests of this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the view of Primal Kitchen or its affiliates or parent company. Hi, Amy. Morgan, it's so good to see you. No, I'm kidding. It's so good to see you. I mean, last time we saw each other was like in Los Angeles forever ago, I feel like. It's crazy. I want to say like four or five years ago. Yeah. That's nuts. Crazy. Yeah. Because Riker was just baby, baby. Yeah. And I've been keeping up, you know, with you through Katie. So I feel like I haven't missed a beat, but um, I'm super excited. Thanks so much for being here. There's like so many different directions we could go, but I want you to just like catch everyone. I know this is such a loaded question, but you got to like tell your story because it's so great. So just start there for the audience. Okay. uh, Where do you want me to start, Morgan? I want you to start with like asthma and your childhood, how you even got into swimming, the whole thing, like catch us up to the present day. Okay, perfect. So um, at 18 months old, I was really young to be diagnosed with asthma. I've got severe asthma and I've got in all three types. So infection induced, allergy induced, exercise induced. What a lot of people don't know is I'm allergic to chlorine, which is kind of weird, right? So at the Olympic Training Center, even in the winter, we had doors open because there was always a film of chlorine gas, right? Where I would take a breath, which would cause a lot of problems and paramedics would be called. So they tried to get it out there. Like fans are blowing. Everyone's freezing. I'm like, at least I can breathe. Um, I had no clue you were allergic to chlorine. When did you find that out? Um, so I found that out like pretty much after I started swimming. I started swimming when I was six years old to relieve my asthma and they couldn't figure out like why it kept getting worse. They're like, what is going on? So found out that I'm allergic to chlorine. Um, Like I said, I started when I was six years old and I finished my first length of the pool, like 25 yards when I was 12. So cute. Um, Won my first blue ribbon when I was 13. Um, Went on, tried out for my high school swim team. They took the top 28. I was the last one picked. They were like, you suck. You're not going to be swimming very much, but just keep going to practice and all the things. And I did. And, you know, my life kind of changed that year because I got put on the, the relay for the last swim meet of the year. Well, it doesn't count for anything, but this was a really good relay. I just got put on it because someone had to travel out of state or something. Okay. So I remember sitting there and I had a towel over my head. Right. And uh, I'm just like, please don't mess up. Like, please anything. And the other three girls walked in front of me and basically said they couldn't believe I, they didn't see me. I don't think. Um, and they were like, I can't believe she's on our relay. She's awful. She's going to lose it for us. She's terrible. And at that moment I realized like, they don't know me. And who are you to tell me what I can and can't do? Yeah. So we went on, we won the relay. By the time I was a senior, I'd qualified for the 92 Olympic trials, um, which is always fun explaining to the nieces and nephews that we had the Olympics in the 1900s. Right. Yeah, which, right. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yes. And I rode my horse and buggy. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, wait, but you started swimming because of asthma, right? I did, yeah, because they said it would help. So, Morgan, I my asthma was so bad that a lot of times in my house, I couldn't walk up and down the stairs by myself because I was I couldn't breathe. So and this when they is said, in Colorado, so you also have an altitude thing going on as well. Yeah, exactly, and the weather changes and all the allergies and all the things, right? So I had everything against me. The reason that swimming is good for asthmatics is because. Asthma is actually not the inability to get air in. It's the inability to get air out, which makes it feel like you can't get it in, right? So when you're swimming and you've got to blow air out of your schnoodle so you don't get water up your schnoodle and into your brain, right? It's controlling your air and getting as much air out as you bring in. So that's why it helps asthma. Oh, okay. It's like training. Right? That yeah. I don't, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on YouTube. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Okay. So after that, I went to the University of Arizona. Um, went to the 92 trials, almost made the Olympic team. I was like a hundredth of a second away. And I was like, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to make the 96 Olympics. So I did, I moved to the Olympic training center. I was there from 1994 until 2000 in Colorado Springs, Colorado Springs. Yep. Trade trained six to eight hours a day, every day, except for Sunday, two weeks off a year. It was, that's all I did. It was my job. And in 1996 four years, for four years, you did that or how? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I did it from 94 to 2000. So about six years. Oh my God. Okay. I'm not right. I got a little something wrong. And how old were you at this point? Let's see. So I, it was, uh, 94, I was 21. Okay. And then I, I left when I was like 27 or 49, I don't do the math, but you know, <laughs> you can figure it out. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I trained, I made it in 96. I became the first American woman ever in the history to win four golds. I was the most decorated athlete, male or female of those games. Pretty cool. Um, and I decided I wanted to go for one more games, destroyed my shoulder. And I had to have two shoulder surgeries that they told me would end my career. Right. And I was like, we well, yeah, whatever, who are you? Right. And had the shoulder surgeries. The second one was six months to the day that Olympic trials started. Olympic trials came around. I qualified for three more events, won two more gold medals. Right. So I retired. I met my husband, Tom Ruin. Uh, who was playing for the Denver Broncos at the time as huge Bronco fan. You have to be in Colorado. Um, met him. I did some sideline reporting for NFL and Fox. I did some radio shows. I did a national radio show on Fox sports radio, where at the time I was the only female voice, which was kind of cool and daunting at the same time. Now there's females all over sports radio, which is spectacular. Um, and we took a vacation in June and June 6, 2014. I went and I did CrossFit like I always did and got ready for dinner. And I have to say I did my very first ring muscle up and my last one. And I ran my very last mile, which I was thankful I did that day. The girls were like, come on, we're going. I'm like, no, no, I'm glad they pulled me along. Um, that night we went to dinner and my husband took his motorcycle. I took my ATV, not a big deal, had dinner, trout and steamed broccoli. Um, and I will never forget that meal. And I will never order it again, Morgan. It's not worth it. It's not yeah. worth it. <laughs> I remember standing up and pushing my chair in and my memory stops right there. Um, what happened was apparently something was wrong with my husband's motorcycle. And you know, Tom, uh, yeah. he's that guy that leaves before everybody else. Like he's, he's an Irish good buyer. So he always took off before, like before me, but something was wrong with his motorcycle. Thank God. Cause if he would have taken off before me, he wouldn't have found me. Um, he said, he looked up, there wasn't a scream, a screech, a flicker of a brake light. I hit a curb and went over a six foot cliff. And he ran over and looked down. I was face down and he could see my back was broken. Um, got flight for life and did all the trauma things. I am now a T11 paraplegic. 
yay, but I'm here. I'm here to tell the story and uh, to hopefully make people feel like their day isn't as crappy as it may be. <laughs> oh my God, woman. I mean, geez, I can remember like very distinctly the day too, like, you know, because I was dating Adam at the time and yeah, it's crazy. Katie was super pregnant. Like, yes. Super pregnant. Your sister. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, remember she had to like fake that she wasn't pregnant to get on the plane. Oh yeah. And then she was there and oh my gosh, I remember like waking up in the ICU and I see my sister. I'm like, what are you doing here? You're going to pop. <laughs> yeah. Only Katie could fake. She's not pregnant at nine months pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that bitch. Um, anyway, okay. Backing up a little bit. Cause I feel like there's so much to unpack before we even get to this point. So you, how did you get so good at swimming? <laughs> like, I don't understand. You know, I don't know. It was one of those things where I just loved it when I first started, right. I was with my friends doing what they were doing, buying the swimsuits and eating the jello, all the things. Um, and I just kept practicing and I just kept getting better. Right. And I kept getting great coaches that would teach me different things. And I just think I mean, I will be honest, there is a God-given talent there, right? I'm six feet tall. I've got very long arms and legs, which is great level levers through the water. So I think that really helped. But also the coaching that I had along the way was spectacular. And the, you know, the fact that some would argue, but I feel I'm very coachable. Um, I think that was helpful. Yeah. No, you're super. Why do you think you're coachable? I have a theory, but I want to hear like why you think you're why why you say that. Um, I feel like I don't know everything, right? And these are people who know more than me and they're telling me what to do. I want to be better. Like I want to be the best. And if they're telling me that this will get me there, I will do it. Yeah. So, you know, within reason, like, let's be honest. Yeah. But But you have like, you're always pushing the boundaries. Like since I've known you, you were always like trying diets that were like before they were popular. You've always kind of been someone who's like been on the cutting edge of everything. Like, and also I think you're super direct. And so I could see how you'd be easy to coach because like you can take anything and probably give it back or be like, no, I don't think that's going to work for me. I just feel like there'd be a good like banter there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because my CrossFit coach just the other day, uh, someone said something about me in a wheelchair or he did. And someone looked at me, he goes, no, no, no. If you offend Amy, like you've really gone off the outer limits because it's just, she doesn't get it. So you're right. I, I don't, I'm direct, but I also take direct back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty hard to offend too. So I, I appreciate that in a person because I feel like right. I'm also easily offending other people. So it's nice <laughs> if someone else is less offended <laughs> as well. Um, so what was it like, like training for six to eight hours a day for <laughs> I mean, how did you even survive that? It was hard, right? I mean, it was a lot of calories in, you know, we did tests and all the things. And I think this is why I always love to do the bigger, better, newer things is because we were on the cutting edge and we did some tests and found out that I personally need 4,500 calories a day when I was training just to maintain my weight. Um, And so that's what we did. Um, What did you eat? How did you eat 4,500 calories a day? Uh, so yes, anything and everything. Right. So I never ate before practice. Um, it was just, it upset my stomach. I was one of those people that I pushed it so hard. The lactic acid would make me vomit and I wanted less in there. Right. Yeah. So, um, after I would go and I don't know, and now everyone knows that this is the big thing, right? I would crave chocolate milk and I never knew why. Now I know the electrolytes, the proteins, the sugar, da, da, da. So I'd always have a big glass of chocolate milk, big coffee. I would have like a big three egg omelet, like um, with some hash browns or whatever, some fruits, uh, that was after practice. And then we would have lunch before we would lift. And then right after that, we would go straight into the pool again for another two and a half hours. So it was one of those things where I knew it was my job, but I also knew Morgan, like 
my compet- if I missed a practice, my competitors were at practice. And it was hard for me to fathom that they were two and a half hours ahead of me. So, right. Like, you know, it's your job. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's your job, right. And you do it, you know, everyone wakes up in the morning and sometimes you want to go to work and sometimes it's a Monday, like all week long. Right. Same thing. Yeah. And was there any like special like supplements you were on or like that, all that stuff's pretty regulated in the Olympics, but like, what, was there any like tips or hacks or anything you really noticed made like a difference in your performance when you were competitively swimming? Yeah. So I noticed, um, I definitely needed electrolytes during, um, training, not so much before. Definitely for me, it was during, um, we started a new supplement that was cutting edge, but it was legal. It was called creatine. Oh Ooh, yeah. yeah. Everyone's like, Ooh, yeah. you had leg cramps. I wonder why. I wonder why I had leg cramps when I was competing creatine. So, you know, we had started that, uh, which was cutting edge. I remember we would always take like a multivitamin. Um, we, the women were always on some sort of iron supplement, yeah. obviously. Um, but yeah, that was basically all we were taking. Yeah. Um, just trying to use natural foods to fuel our bodies. Yeah. Any crazy like stories from the Olympic where, town hall or what's it called? Where all the Olympic, the, the village? Olympic village. Yeah. Yeah. Any fun girl, for us? Girl, I got lots of stories. So, you know, like how every year on like the broadcast, they're like, oh my goodness, they're handing out condoms to the athletes. Well, it gets better. Not only are they handing them out and not only do they, they're gone every single Olympics, they do them in gold, silver, and bronze. Staff it. Oh yeah. So like, you know, if you hear from people, right? Like I was in a relationship during my Olympic days, but you know, they would, people would always be like, oh yeah, you hook up with a guy with the bronze. You're like, Ooh, no, I can't do it. And it really is, it is like the fittest athletes on the planet, all at the top peak of the, there were things going on. I'm going to tell you, you never wanted to open a door without knocking Yeah. even a stairwell, right? Like I remember one time I was on the second floor. Nope, nope, nope. Knock. Cause you don't want to open that door. <laughs> I mean, it's just nuts. But the thing is, it's so cool, right? Like you go in there and there's all these buildings and they've got all these flags from all these different countries. And you know, people, athletes are hanging out outside and you go meet them. Like these athletes that you've seen compete and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm with them. Like, it's just the coolest thing. And another thing that I told someone the other day, and I didn't realize people didn't know this is when you go into the dining hall, there's different sections of food, right? So there's a section for Asian food, um, a section for like, if you're like in the Icelandic areas, you know, more fish and things, they have food from everywhere. And you can try it all, right? It's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I'm definitely going back to Tokyo because that food was good. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine like, yeah, the party that ensues when you have like all these people who are so like locked in and have been training for something for so long and they finally just get to like perform and relax for like a millisecond before they probably start to gear up for the next Olympics four years later. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, it's nuts. Like you'd have sports illustrated parties, like Maxim parties, all these parties party every night. So I was glad I swam the first week. Right. So you yeah, get to enjoy. enjoy the rest of your life. Yeah. I would hate to be like track and field. They don't get to do anything. Oh, interesting. Now we right. know. So for those listening who are aspiring Olympians, don't pick track and field. Right. <laughs> if you want to have a good party. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay. So you get out of the Olympics and like, what was that like? Like, I mean, that had to be just a huge adjustment. Oh yeah. Going from training all the time to all of a sudden I have all day long. And I'm like, these days are very long people. So I decided right away, like I needed to get into something. I needed to do something, shift my focus. Obviously I was still working out um, and doing all the things, but I decided I wanted to get into TV and radio. So that's when I started doing sideline reporting, which was 
fun because I always ended up covering my husband's games, yeah, which was great. I remember one time I was working for NFL on Fox and um, they went, all the guys from the Seahawks and my husband was playing for the Seahawks, went into the locker room while my husband was a new player there. They didn't know him. They didn't know me. And they were saying, oh, did you see that sideline reporter, blah, blah, blah. Let's, you know, get her number. And Tom goes, I bet each of you a hundred dollars. I'm going to take that reporter home tonight. They're like, whatever, ruin, screw you. No way. So after the game, right. He goes, let's go, let's go to the team dinner. I'm like, you never want to go to the team dinner. So you guys are already dating at this point. We were married now at this oh, point. You're married. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, he was in Seattle. So we were dating and uh, newly married when he was with the Broncos. He was there for 10 years. So he went to the Seahawks for three years and yeah, we, so we show up at the very first team dinner and all the guys are like, no way ruin. And Tom goes, by the way, I want to introduce you to my wife, Amy. Stop it. <laughs> it was no one knew. They didn't know. No one knew. No yeah. one knew. Right. How'd you guys meet? So we met after one of his Bronco games. Okay. So I'll tell you the whole story. Catherine, my sister is involved in this whole hot okay. mess. So her and I went to the Bronco game. It was a preseason game while I was dating a baseball player. And I was, we went to this place to meet afterwards. Well, I had heard that Tom Ruin was there and I'm like, cool. I'd like to meet him. Yeah. He and I end up meeting, end up chitting and chatting. Baseball guy comes after baseball game. And I'm like, Hey, I don't play games. Like, I'm really sorry. I just met this guy. It may be nothing, but like, I don't want to lead you on. He said, great, fine. Well, at the end of the night, I can't find my sister. Now, remember, my sister's six years younger than me, right? Yeah. Where's my sister? Katie, where are you? Katie, where are you? She's in the corner of the bar making out with baseball boy. Stop it. Katie. <laughs> I such love a birdie, birdie. <laughs> But I love this. You, the real like player in this situation, just calling it what it is. No hard feelings. Moving on. So then you and Tom just met and it was kind of just like full on from there. Yeah, we met. And we started talking and he's like, where do you live? And I told him and he goes, oh, you have a black lab. I'm like. How do you know that? He's like, well, I live across the street from you. Stop it. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. We never met until that moment. And then it was just all, I was all in. Like, I just knew he was special. Yeah. He's special. He's a great guy. Okay. So you get into radio and then that brings you when you end up in LA then. Yeah. So I got into radio and uh, I was a number one morning radio show here in Arizona but it was like a shock jock kind of thing, right? There wasn't any sports at all. It was just all about pop culture, which was fine, but I really missed sports. Yeah. And so it was coming up on the 2012 Olympics. I had auditioned and I got a spot to cover the Olympics for Fox sports. So now I'm a Fox sports girl, right? So they had said, Hey, if you want to get back into radio, we can get you into sports radio. We, you can audition to be on the show with this guy, Rob Dibble, who's kind of crazy, might not work ended up working perfectly. We're still dear friends and we ended up just rocking it out. And it was really, really amazing. We're still close friends. I still get tweets from people wondering when we're getting back together. Yeah, He's doing an amazing show in Connecticut. So he's not really, he doesn't really have the time, but maybe someday we'll do another podcast together. I think it'd be really fun. Rob, if you're listening, that's great. Um, yeah, and what were you doing? Like all this time where you, did you stay? Cause you were like always trying crazy diets or like, you got into, did you get into, when did you get into like paleo? I know you did keto for a while. If you're still doing it, like take me through your like nutrition journey. Sure. So after I had to eat 4,500 calories a day, right. To maintain my weight. I remember Tom asking me after I retired, what's the first thing you want to do? I said, I don't want to eat. I'm done eating. Right. I had to force feed myself so much. So I literally like did that. I was like, just stupid. Um, and I started feeling like crap, you know, like you don't survive on diet Coke and um, coffee. It's just, it's not going to work for you. Yeah. 
So then I started researching a whole bunch of things. And at the time it was like the eat for your blood type type of thing. Right. And I started doing that. Like I'm an O positive. And so I read that, um, you know, you eat meat, you don't eat glutens, you don't eat grain, you don't drink cow's milk, all of these things. And all of a sudden I noticed I started feeling better and I'm like, this is really weird. So then through the years, you know, you tried a few other different things to see how my body would react. I always love to see how my body would react. When I got into CrossFit seriously, when I was able-bodied, that's when I started the paleo thing. Um, And I was like, listen, this makes sense to me, right? Like how they're having people eat. So again, I started doing it. Muscles started coming back. Um, I still maintained a a good, healthy weight. um, And I was performing really well. I was paleo until I got out of ICU. Um, They even tried to, you know, I wasn't eating much in there, but they always tried to do it. And then when I went to the rehab hospital, I told them I was paleo and they didn't care. So then it went on to the other way. What happens with that and what happens with an injury? I have got nerve pain. So from my belly button all the way down to my tippy toes every single day, even right now, pins, needles, tingling. Um, Sometimes it's knife stabs. When it gets really bad, I feel like my skin is being ripped from my body. And then we go in and get help. But through this happening and me, eating poorly and being put on medicine for that, which then blows you up. I'm like, I got to do something like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like or what medicine where do they have you on? Like like Lyrica. Okay. Yeah. Which is a great medicine. It's like gabapentin, right? But you start taking it and you look in the mirror, you're like, who's this fat person? Yeah. I gained 50 pounds, like overnight, like it's, it's really what it felt like. So I started doing some reading and I I was going to get back to paleo. And I started seeing some of this new thing, this new high fat, low carb protein. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. So you're telling me I can eat cream cheese and lose weight, (laughs) right? Like doing a dirty keto. (laughs) I'm done. I'm doing it. So I started keto. And of course, I I think as everyone starts, I started doing the dirty keto, right? Because it's like, you just got to get as much fat in your body. And then I started doing the healthier keto and you know, adding more avocado, avocado oil, all the things into my diet. And it really, really helped. I lost 50 pounds in like a very short amount of time. When I show people the before and after they're shocked, just absolutely shocked. My body runs well that way. My body loves to eat that way. So, you know, I do that pretty consistently, you know, 99% of the time. How long Um, have you been doing that? I'm sorry. What was that Morgan? How long have you been doing like keto? Oh my gosh. Five years. Okay. Yeah. 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 Four or five years for sure. Yeah. And it's just, it's amazing. And what, what's really funny though, Morgan, is when I started doing it and I was continuing in the wheelchair to do CrossFit, CrossFit was not hip on the no grains, right? They're like, Ooh, you need your carbs to fuel your body. Now CrossFit is kind of taking a turn on that and kind of yeah. going more paleo. Yeah. So it's or going more keto. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, they're so similar. There's only a, a, a few differences that you can add or subtract and one will become the other. But for the most part, a lot of the people in my gym are, if they're not paleo, they're keto. Yeah. Which did is great. Did you do CrossFit before the accident or did you just get into it after? I did. I started doing CrossFit in 2012. Okay. Yeah. And uh, started really getting into it big time. I wanted to start competing and then it got hurt. And then I started competing after I got hurt. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So how long did it take you before you could get back into it? Like that is just- oh. Morgan, it took a while. I mean, what people don't realize is a lot of times, like if this is your spine, a lot of times when people dislocate, it's like this, right? 
if you look at my x-rays, thank you, TMZ, it's this. So it was a lot to get it back. Um, my vertebrae was half of a hair length from my aorta. So I almost died. So this was a big surgery that I had. Not that everyone's isn't, um, but I was in a lot of pain afterwards. So I really didn't do anything. I want to say, except for rehab for a good year. Yeah. And then I started talking to my friend, Kevin Ogar, who was a CrossFitter, got injured, started to Well, was one of the guys that started adaptive CrossFit. And he's like, you're going to love this. You got to try it. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. So I went to prove him wrong that I wasn't going to love it. Morgan, I loved it. I was moving my body almost the same way that I was doing it before. Like it was just awesome. It was so freeing. Yeah, for sure. And then you started competing. I started competing. Yeah. Well, the way that it started was I asked my coach, I go, I want to do the open just to see if I can do it. Like to see if I can survive. So not only did I survive, I qualified for our CrossFit games. I'm like, okay, let's go. I went and I got second. I'm like, what, who is this woman? So I've been doing it ever since I do all the competitions. If they would have had wheelchairs in the CrossFit games, I would have qualified because in the open, I was second and they took top five. So hopefully this year we'll be in the games and then I'll probably retire after that because I'm getting old. Okay. So one of our good brand friends, David Woods, he worked at Whole Foods. Do you know David? I know the name. Absolutely. Okay, so he's now at CrossFit. I'm going to like ping him. You got to connect. He's like amazing. He's pretty high up there now, but he worked at Whole Foods. He got us into the Rocky Mountain region in Whole Foods. And then he went to Whole Foods corporate in Austin and he's since gone to work for CrossFit. So you got you, I'm going to connect you to, you should definitely know David. So oh, I would love that. I would yeah. love that. Thanks Morgan. Maybe he's like the CMO or the, I don't know something there now. I can't, I'm terrible with this stuff, but yeah. Okay. So has this just been like, have you, have you been in the pool since? I have, you have, I have, I mean, behind me, I know it's blurred out. Um, cause I don't clean up after my dog. Um, he's got toys everywhere. There's a pool back there, right? It's a big pool. It's a nice pool. Um, and I do not feel paralyzed unless I am in that swimming pool, yeah. right? Like my happy place used to be going to the bottom of the pool and like laying there and looking up for a few minutes. Cause I could hold my breath forever. And it was quiet. You could hear the water and there was no one talking at you or to you or whatever. I can't do that now. Cause I float from waist down. Well, people are like, well, you can swim. Yeah, I can. But here's the problem is that I don't have a core or back muscles. I think I have like two abs, which is great. Um, I used to have really good hip rotation to get from side to side. And that's basically what swimming is. Well, I don't have that now. So it feels awkward. And then when I get my upper body in the right position to swim and I start swimming, I can see my feet dangling behind me and it's just not fun. So I'm really good on a floaty with a cocky tail, but not that. But what's good though, Morgan, is that through CrossFit, we always have to swim in competitions. You do. So it makes me do it. And I think that's good. I need to force myself to be uncomfortable. You yeah. know, I don't think going through life being comfortable is growing or learning anything. So yeah, I'm uncomfortable and uh, I'm trying to thrive in it. You're pushing through as always. <laughs> yeah. Trying. So inspiring. And what else are you, are you getting into like anything else new these days? So I just got a grant, um, a few weeks ago for a mountain bike and I went out to Vegas and got this mountain bike and it's got e-assist cause you know, we got to sh- save our shoulders and stuff. That's how we get around. And I mountain biked with, uh, five other wheelchair people. We had the best weekend ever, Morgan. It was the first time I felt free really? since my accident. And I remember there was one point where we had, we had to stop because our able-bodied people had to go in front of us to make sure that we got through this one area. And we were sitting there all together in our bikes. And one of the girls looks over and she goes, isn't this amazing? This is what 
most wheelchair people will never get to see. And I was like, you know what? That's right. I miss seeing the backside of a mountain, you know, because I have hiked through it or ridden through it. So when people say like, get in the pool, you'll feel free. You'll feel da, da, da. That's what I feel on that bike. That's what I feel when I go snow skiing or yeah. water skiing. I don't feel it in the pool, but I feel it doing almost everything else. So yes, I am now mountain biking. I am still snow skiing. So I'm, I have no plans of being a Paralympian. Like let's straighten that up. But I love it okay, and I'm good. enjoying every moment of it. Yeah. But I mean, Amy, this has been like such a journey. I feel like just like, I'm, you know, mental health, is such a big thing, right? We've got like Olympic athletes coming out with like, you know, just being honest about like mental health or even me, like I emailed our team, like Kraft has offers. We, you know, sold the company to Kraft Heinz. They offer free therapy, like five sessions free. And I emailed our whole team. I was like, look, I've been in therapy since I was 24. You guys need to take advantage of this. Like, I mean, how have you, what has your like mental health journey been like? Like, where do you think you are along the path? And like, what tips do you have for people who, you know, this is like a serious amount of adversity you've overcome. I mean, a serious amount. Like, it seems like your entire life, like being an Olympic athlete with this huge asthma diagnosis at 18 months. And then this, like, I'm just curious what tips you have for people listening. And I want to know more about your like mental health journey. So one of the things that I think was really important for me and for my friends and family was when I was in ICU, I don't remember what the question was. And I don't remember what had happened before. I remember looking at my people and saying, we need to stop. We need to stop talking about the past and what was, and we need to stop talking about shoulda, coulda, woulda, because shoulda, coulda, woulda never happened. This happened. I want to move forward. I want to move forward with my life and we have to do that. And I think for my mental health, I needed to do that because yes, I was the best athlete in the world for a long time. And now, you know, I, at that time needed help getting in and out of the bed. I couldn't sit up by myself at that time. Right. So that's what needed to happen. And I kind of still take that today. There are things that really get to me, right? Like when my feet get so swollen, I can't put shoes on. Um, there are times when my body fights me. Um, I've got spasms and it can throw me from one side to the other. Um, I have that awful nerve pain, which again, when we go back to the diet, the keto actually helped relieve the nerve pain because we're a little bit, not a ton, but um, for me, the inflammation was a big deal, right? Um, you know, I've got all these things like UTIs that will throw me in the hospital. Or if I get some bad food, I'm like in an adult diaper, right? Mortifying things. Yeah. But what I do is I take a look at that moment and like, what is bothering me about this? And look at it. And like, when a feeling comes up, feel it. Like that feeling needs its moment. It's telling you it wants a moment. So I give it a moment. And then what I do is I take all that crap and I throw it into a ball and I take a look at it and I go, okay, hold on. Why did this make me so angry, sad, mad, depressed, whatever it was? And like, learn from it. And then I put it away. And if it happens again, I kind of go back to that. And remember what I learned. So mental health is a big, big part of this whole thing. I think it is for anybody in life, right? Simone Biles showing everybody that athletes are not superhuman. My friend, Michael Phelps, right? Telling everybody like he went through depression because he was a commodity. He wasn't Michael Phelps. He was this gold medal winning machine. And that's how people looked at him. And I love that these athletes are coming out and saying that because it's so important for all of us. It truly is. And you need someone that you can talk to and that you can share things with and you know, they won't regurgitate them. Yeah. And how did you get to such a like positive, good place? I mean, I don't know. I think I've got like, do you have great therapists? Like what's the, 
What's happening here? So I did it. Craig Hospital, a wonderful therapist. His name was Dr. Butt. He was fantastic. Um, and I've got a really dear friend now um, who was an FBI profiler and you'll see her a lot. I'm like Dr. Drew and all that stuff. And she'll help me when I have a hard time, right? Get through all these things. So, you know, yeah, you've got to have somebody that you can talk to. And yeah. And I talked to her as a therapist, not as a friend. Yeah. Right. So, so that's very helpful. So, you know, I, I do that. I also talk to my baby sister and lay it all out on the line and talk to my mom. I just feel like you just need to have a certain group of people that, you know, will keep your secret safe. Yeah. And that's what I do. Everyone d- deals differently, right? Yeah, for sure. Good support system and good community. Like I, you have like great friends in Arizona and it seems like you've got a good CrossFit crew and it's cool. Yeah. So I have you done like stem cell stuff? Like what technology in the medical field are you like dabbling with? Because I feel like you've been on the cutting edge there too. So what I'm doing now, basically for my pain is every three months I go in for a procedure um, and I get knocked out. It's great. What I'm doing is using ketamine instead of propofol to go under. What that does is it reprograms your central nervous system to feel pain differently. I can tell when I need it because I start feeling it like I feel it. Right now, because I've had a procedure, it's awful. It hurts really bad right now, but I'm like, eh, whatever. It reprograms things. So I do that. Um, Wait, what is ketamine? I, f- I keep hearing about ketamine. So basically what, how it started out was in the 80s, they were using, I'm sure they do now, it was a cat tranquilizer. Okay. Right? So it would put cats under, and then it became like a street drug, and then it became you know taboo and all these things, but it was a really good, it's really good for depression, PTSD, pain, all the things. So now you'll see a bunch of ketamine clinics popping up because it does reprogram your central nervous system. So you're meaning you actually use this instead of like general anesthesia. Correct. Okay. Got it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, it's really, it's different. You have to be very careful with your dose. They hit me a little too hard one time and I text my doctor. I'm like, I can't talk. What happens? He goes, Oh, during the procedure and in recovery, you were screaming dirty jokes to everyone. It was hilarious. I'm like, Oh crap. Of course I was. I wouldn't taking everyone in the operating room. I know. Right. I'm like, and another one. Um, but what I do is, um, every six months I'll go in and they'll do an ablation. So from they're starting in different places now. So I think we're going T9 down to S1 in my spine, which is a lot of my spine. They go in and they burn the peripheral nerves that don't cause, they're not function, but they cause pain. And then they do lidocaine and then um, wash it and all that stuff. Then three months after that, I'll go in just for a cortisone lidocaine wash. And that's what I've been doing. Now, there are spinal stimulators, which I'm actually talking about getting now. I was very resistant because I didn't want anyone to touch my spine again. But I'm going to get one of those. Basically, what it is, is it's two electrodes that go into your back on your nerves. And you know, when you're a kid, you're like, Oh, rub your, and you skid your, you skim your, you know, like get your knee all jacked up. You just rub it, rub it. It'll make it go away. And it kind of does. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of the same premise. It'll rub on those nerves and cause it. So you don't feel the pain. What else is cool is now they have these, uh, stimulators that instead of the two electrodes, they have 27 and they're actually trying to figure out how to bridge the gap. And they're saying that right now they can get bowel, bladder, and sexual function back. Um, Sign me up. Yeah. So not everyone can get them. It's still testing all the things. Um, But I think soon enough, you're going to go in with an accident like mine. You're going to get this um, stimulator put in. You're not going to have pain and you'll be able to walk out. Really? 
Yeah. It's really cool. What's happening right now. Where are they doing all this cool research? What hospitals? This is this? So the Mayo clinic is of course the Mayo clinic is doing it right. So they're doing it. Um, UCLA has a study going on right now. USC has a study going on. Um, the reef foundation has been doing something for a while. They have nothing has really been coming out from them for a while. So I don't know what they're doing, but you know, also independent doctors, um, are doing different things. So as weird as this sounds, it's a great time to be paralyzed. Yeah. God, you're like the, have the best mentality. Like, how did you get like this, Amy? It's just like, so amazing. You're like, were you always like this? Like when you were little, were you like this, like this positive? Um, yes. When I was little, Yes. When I was little bit, as I grew up, I kind of lost it a little bit. Right. And I got more serious and more, uh, uh, uh. um, I think it was the competing, right. It put that in me. Um, and now I'm just like, whatever, like life is amazing. I shouldn't be here. I died several times. Like let's have fun. And I just have a completely different outlook on life. Right. Plus I had a TBI, you know, cause when Tom got me breathing again, I was convulsing and my eyes went two different directions for quite a while. So I had this frontal lobe TBI, which what is that? a TBI. Yeah, a traumatic brain injury. Oh, okay. And it really does mess you up. Like, um, I used to love red wine and chocolate, and now the sound of that makes me want to throw up. And um, I always kind of never had a filter, but now it's worse. I literally cannot stop when it comes out. So sometimes it's fun, sometimes we get in trouble. You know what? It's life, it's all good. Life is short. It really is. (laughs) Yeah. And this is like totally sidetracking here, but I remember like your parents. I, they were out in California. I think they might've stayed at our house and, or they definitely did. Cause your mom left me like the nicest gift basket ever that only your mom would leave someone, but they had like a pretty big experiment with the keto diet as well. I remember yep. cause your mom had that car accident and t- tell me a little bit about that. Cause she had yeah. a huge success with the keto diet. Didn't she? Huge success. Mom's weight, um, you know, has always kind of fluctuated. Um, and not when I was a kid, when I was a kid, she was perfect. Like just like Katie, right. Really super skinny, all the things. Uh, then we, I had a brother who passed five days after my fifth birthday, he was three. And after that, the depression kicked in and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, mom gets in this accident, gets this, another TBI. Her and I are fun together, by the way, it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she, you know, wanted to help herself. So she got on the keto diet. Weight is completely maintained. Dad got on the keto diet. He had leukemia and now he's got some cancer and the keto diet is really helping like alleviate a lot of their symptoms. Mom feels better. She feels she can think better. So cognitively she's better. Right. Um, and they just have so much energy. You know, my dad's 80, my mom's like, you know, what is she 73 and they're just like, whatever. Yeah. It's awesome. They're they're great. No one, your mom's, no one has as good of a, an attitude as your mom does. Maybe you get a little bit of of it from that. So like, let's see today. You're most excited about what Cro- competing in CrossFit, all this, like, what are you most excited about in life these days? New puppy. Yep. I, we have a new rescue puppy. He's a little pit bull Labrador Malinois mix. He's a hot mess, but he is fabulous and perfect and magical. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about my new bike that I just got. We call her Betty, Betty badass, right? Because Betty's reliable, but she is also hardcore. So yeah. I'm excited to ride her and I'm excited to go play with my friends later on tonight at CrossFit. I'm just, uh, the thing that I love right now is just, I love life. I really do. And I don't know um, if it was because it was taken away from me so many times that I now just really value it. And I want every moment in my life to count for something, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I have moments where I sit on the, and watch YouTube, you know, sit on the sofa, but, you know, go out and do things and have fun. That's 
just what I'm excited about right now. I'm excited about talking to Morgan. I, yeah, I'm excited about talking to you, man. It's been like too long. I remember like, God, it was like seven years ago. We were like sitting in CJ and Katie's kitchen. And I was like, all right, Amy, should I get Botox? What? I remember you were like giving me the scoop on like everything. I'm like, God, I just need some direct Amy advice in my life. You were maybe like dabbling with some diet thing. You just always like so ahead of it. Um, okay. What about people? Like, are you, are you like involved in the adaptive community? Like, are you, you're meeting a lot of people. I know you had like a nonprofit for a little while. Like how, how active have you been? What's been going on there? Are you mentoring people? Like, yep. Always mentoring people. I'm always getting new phone numbers from people like, Hey, can you talk to so-and-so? I think it's very, very important because you don't get it unless you have to get it right? So these people who are being, who are getting injured and ending up in wheelchairs, they think their life's over, right? And I think it's great to have a mentor there that they can call at any time of the day or night that can talk them off the ledge because the first year after injury is gnarly and you don't feel normal and you don't feel right. And you don't have anyone to talk to because no one's been through it unless you have a mentor. So I mentor all the time, several people, very important. I'm also involved with Challenge Athletes Foundation, Um, I love the work that they do. A lot of the Paralympians that you see, their prosthetics, um, wheelchairs, all of that probably come from them. It's amazing. Um, And, you know, just really trying to change the world one day at a time. But, you know, uh, sadly, my nonprofit through COVID had to had to go, which was really sad. It broke my heart because we used to do custom wheelchairs for kids 18 and under because insurance doesn't do it. And I just remember the very first one we did. And it was this little girl named Emma. I'm never going to forget it. And she had one of those wheelchairs that kids get those big, heavy things that you see like in the airport or the hospital. So she gets her new chair and her sister picked it up and almost threw it through the window because it was so light. She wasn't expecting that. And as we were leaving, Emma said to her mom, mom, I don't think I want to be homeschooled anymore. I think I want to go to in-person school. And she has been going to in-person school and she's a rock star, but it's just, that was the best part of things, right? you got to pay it forward and make someone else's life awesome because I had so much help that I need to make sure that I can repay for that. So I try to do that all the time. Yeah. What well, was there like any blessings to come out of all of this? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I am probably a better person today than I was the day of my accident. And one example, and I, I use this example a lot. So if you've heard it, like, forgive me, but There was one day I was leaving a store. I held the door open for this guy. He walks right through, right? Like not a head bob, not eye contact, not a middle finger, nothing. So of course, in true Amy fashion, I go, you're welcome, your Royal Highness. And next time we'll make sure we have the red carpet rolled out for you. Like, right. I'm just like, you turd ball. Like, why did you not like even like bump my arm? Nothing. Well, then my accident happens. Right. And we had two waiting rooms filled with friends and family. And Tom was in a corner rocking back and forth. Like that's all he could do. He couldn't talk. But let's say Tom had to use the restroom, right? And someone held the door open for him. Tom did not have the ability at that moment to look at someone in the eye, give him a head bob, say thank you, give him a middle finger. So I think back to that moment and I'm like, what was that guy going through? That like he couldn't do that. And then I started realizing like, I'm not the only one that has issues. Tom's not the only one, like it's everybody. So like give people a break. So the blessing through this accident is I'm fast going downhill And then I'm a lot less jaded towards people and I give people more of a break than I used to. Yeah. That's such a nice way to go through life. I got to remember that sometimes too. (laughs) We're all walking around with our shit, right? I mean, yeah. 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 Some people's is visible and other people's is not. 
Absolutely. And the ones that are not visible, those are the ones we need to be more careful of. Yeah. Really hurting for sure. And so you're splitting your time these days between Arizona and Colorado, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Summer's in Colorado the rest of the year here in Arizona. And in, are you loving Colorado? And this, how long have you guys been? You've had your place in what, Denver? We've had our place in Denver for, I think this was our fourth year, but you know, we all grew up there. We've always had a a place there, be it in the mountains or whatever. We're now downtown right across the street from Coors Field, which is amazing. Yeah. Baseball games going on and we're like, oh, it's a great game. Let's go. And we like book it on over. Yeah. So yeah, it's just awesome. It's the way to go. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I'm curious how now you're competing. How serious are you about your CrossFit competition these days? And like, how often are you training? Are you going to CrossFit like every day? Every day. And I, oh yeah. And I will do the, the class wad, right. Which is the hour of class. And then I've got four other workouts, three or four other workouts a day that I do. So I'm very serious about this. Like when, when, if I get to go to the, the actual CrossFit games, I want to go there and show people that. Yes, I am in my late forties. Yes, I am in my wheelchair. It should not slow you down because it's not slowing me down. So that's kind of what I want to do. Right. So I want to win the darn thing. I just said it out loud. Yeah. You go girl. (laughs) And where is it? Is it still in Madison? It is still in Madison. Yeah. This next summer. So are we going to see you there next summer? You think? I hope so. I hope they allow the the seated athletes in, you know, we were so close last year and hopefully this year we'll get it. Oh, I'm totally calling David Woods after this. Yes. And then we'll, yeah. Adam and I will come down because we'll be up like our, like the place where we spend the summer is like only three hours from Madison. So we could like totally connect in. I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm really, I we, we got to happen. We we're going to harass some people at CrossFit. <laughs> All right. What's like one big piece of advice you would give everyone listening? Wow. I, listen, it's so cliche, but like, don't sweat the small stuff. You know, I know there are times where like you do something that's stupid and embarrassing and like you think about it all the time and you just go over it and no one else is thinking about it, but you are, and it's driving you nuts. Just an example, you know, look at the bigger picture. Like it's amazing. I'm looking outside right now. Like it's gorgeous. There's the mountains, there's the swimming pool. I've got my dog. Life is just awesome. So remember the bigger picture of things. Yeah. I like that. Who's inspiring you these days? Anyone you're following that's doing cool stuff. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So I've got a a friend. His name is Max. He's from Germany. I actually rode with him a few weeks ago. We've been Instagram friends for seven years. I finally got to meet the guy. He's amazing. Right. And he's doing a lot of great things within the community. Um, Let's see. I'm also following, um, I follow a lot of CrossFitters obviously, and a lot of adaptive athletes um, and some crazy dog. I feel like I need to look it up and some crazy dog stuff. Right. Yeah. And like, I also follow uh, things drunk people do. Oh yeah, fun. Hoping I don't see myself on there at one point. Yeah. I hear ya. <laughs> are you fasting at all, or are you just like doing keto? Great question. Yes, I have actually, um, without even knowing it, done intermittent fasting my entire life. Like I was never YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I I was never that person. I can't do anything other than coffee in the morning. I don't usually get hungry until like one, two, three in the afternoon. So yeah, I'm still fasting. And I think it's amazing for people there. You know, there are the naysayers of course out there. They're like, it screws with women's hormones, but the studies actually show that that is not accurate, that it actually helps women more than it helps men. So yeah, I'm a big faster. Yeah. Love it. I have the same thing. If I, I like play tennis, if I, I eat, we went out, I think like the kids were up early. So we went out to a coffee shop and we, I ended up eating a bunch of breakfast, which I never do. And then I went and played tennis. I couldn't even move. Yeah. Like 
it was, and surfing, you know, we lived in LA and we surfed a lot. Like you don't want to eat before you go lay on your stomach and paddle around. So I never really ate then. And it's amazing. Just I'm the same way. I have not intentional before intermittent fasting was a thing. I have never been like a big breakfast person. And now we just don't have to feel guilty about it anymore since the science has proven we're not crazy. Correct. Um, so then what is like a day in the life of food look like? So you're not on, I love this dirty keto, which I haven't really heard before, but it's like so true. Uh, just yeah. like. Yeah. Junk food keto. So now that you're not doing junk food keto, like what is a day? What's the diet looking like these days? So the diet is first thing in the morning, I will, I got my big old 40 ounce hydro flask and I will chug one of these, like just first thing. Then I come out and I do my black coffee because we don't want to spike that insulin. Um, I go to CrossFit and then I will come home and I usually get home when I'm kind of hungry. Right. So, um, I may make a protein shake while I'm getting my lunch ready, let's talk about today. Um, so today I've got a beautiful, um, field green salad. Um, and I have put some, um, chicken thigh on top of it. And with the salad, I put a lot of veggies. Um, and then of course I use your balsamic vinaigrette. Thank you very much. Um, and I pour it all over there and that's like my lunch, right? Just that's easy. Um, tonight for dinner, I'm going to make some ribeyes. Um, I've got asparagus and what else was I do? Oh, salad, side salad. For me, I'm going to have to make some biscuits for my husband because he is still, he loves them. So, so yeah, that's what I'll do. And if I crave something at night, like I'll make a little protein shake or, you know, do like a keto bomb or whatever. Yeah. What's the weirdest like health hack you do that like most people maybe aren't doing? Oh, that most people aren't doing. Oh, geez. Well, I know the one that just freaks people out, like is, you know, when I was doing the bulletproof coffee. Yeah. Right. Like MCT oil and you put your butter in there and you've got like, it's just like a big, huge, oh, it was delicious. Yeah. So amazing. (laughs) I would think that's it. What else do I do? I don't know if I do anything. Well, mm -mm, nope. In between, if I'm at a competition and in between events, I always have like five jelly beans. Really? Yeah. How did this not come up first? I mean, this is weird. Like, right. It's so it's five, so what, five jelly beans, five jelly beans. And I don't know why it's five. I think it's just like my good luck number. Yes. Okay. But what it does, right. Is, um, you need to quickly, because you've got to hit the floor again in a few minutes, it quickly um, replenishes your glycogen stores, which you need. It will also give you that jump of energy, um, that you will need for the next event. Now let's be honest. The reason that you have to have that after every event is because you will crash everyone knows that was sugar. Um, so yeah, but that's what I do. And I've heard of other elite athletes doing things like that. Like Matt Frazier, I hear does like the Mott's chewies that the kids eat. He does that in between everything. So yeah, it's kind of, I don't know. It's good luck. Any particular flavor or just a handful of mixed, mixed? just whatever I can get. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, I will be kind of gross and tell you, I do like the black licorice ones. Oh God. I know. Don't judge. I know. I don't know why. I won't. I won't. Yeah. It reminds me of my grandpa. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Favorite book or best book you've read recently. Oh my goodness. Um, uh, what is it called? What, what is Alice? Where is Alice? Uh, hold please. Uh, dog balls. Hold on. I got it right here. Got it right here. Mom. What Alice forgot. So sorry. So it's by Leanne Moriarty. Moriarty. She's the one that did like, um, oh, what is it? The nine perfect strangers. She okay. did true lot or true lies. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Long explanation. Short answer. Okay. What about, are you listening to any podcasts? Are you into podcasts or do you just like going on to them? Do you listen to them? 
I listen to them. Yes. Well, I obviously listen to yours because like I'm required by law because we're like halfway, halfway related. Yeah, I, like um, I also to live and die in LA. I just finished that one. Oh, what's that? Oh, the first season was about a young writer who went missing. And this guy who does the podcast, like hired a private investigator to help him find her. Second season is about a lady who goes missing just like out of the blue in Malibu. Um, and they try to track her down and all that. So it's really good. I love a good, like true crime. I hate to say that because I feel bad that there are people on the other end that actually are alive, but I love that stuff because one of the things I went to school for was psychology. So I want to know what's wrong with them. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You're one of those true crime podcast people. I could never get into that. I think I wouldn't sleep. No, I don't know. (laughs) I think I wouldn't sleep. Did you watch Ted Lasso? Oh my gosh. I'm yes. I'm in it. I'm like, I haven't finished it, but I'm in it. Yes. Oh my. He's perfect. I know. He's perfect. I know. (laughs) But really I'm just like, are you in the season one or two? One. Okay. Then I mean, season two, I, the love I have for Roy Kent is like, it's actually like one of my coworkers was like, there's like a disease I studied in college where you like think celebrities are real people. And I think you have this for the Ted Lasso characters (laughs) in particular, Roy Kent. Like I'm just, okay. But he really comes, he really makes season two. Season one, okay. like, eh, not so much. But but yeah, Ted Lat, season two, Roy Kent, just you just gotta finish it. And you're gonna okay. check me like you were so right. And I'm in love with him too. But okay. Um, what is something most people don't know about you? Um, I wanted to be a lawyer. Really? And I wanted to be a specific type of lawyer. It's called a guardian ad litem. Basically, what that is, is it's not a prosecutor or a defense attorney. Um, I would be specifically for me, I wanted to do children, children that um, want to be emancipated, children that are in the center of a divorce. And I would represent the people who are not represented, right? They also do this for people who are um, going through with dementia and things like that. So that's what I want to do. Guardian ad litem. And have you been following the Britney Spears story then? Girl, listen, I listen to heavy metal, but like Britney is my girl. One yeah. time we were at a store together and she tried on a pair of pants and didn't like them and threw them over. Like, you know how you hang them over the door? Yeah. And my friend grabbed them and goes, Amy, try these on. So like I tried on the pants right after Britney. Like I love her following the story. Yes. So excited that she's getting her family out of their girl. Mm. I know. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of a little bit about that field of law you're talking about, but I'm sure it's not really related, but it just sparked the memory the free Britney movement thoughts for me. I'm excited for that conservatorship to come to an end too. Okay. This is my last one for you. If you were a primal kitchen product, which would you be? Girl, I'm going to be the, that spicy chipotle mayo because I put it on everything (laughs) and you know, it's a little creamy. Um, it, it goes down easy, but it's got a little spice. Yeah. That's actually my, always my answer too. Cause I feel like mayonnaise is so Midwest, but then it's like spunky Midwest cause the, the spice. So I, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Love it. Well, this is awesome, Amy. Thanks so much for coming on. Can you just like share with everyone where they can find you? And, um, it was, it was such a pleasure talking to you, <laughs> but yeah, give the audience a little, a little tip on where they can follow up and keep an eye on what you're up to. Sure. So you can, I'm on the Tiki talk. Um, I am on the Twitter. And I am on the uh, Instagrams and all of those because I'm not smart and I like to keep it easy at Amy Van Dyken. So Love come it. play. We do some fun stuff. Awesome. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs>